Hello, and welcome to the Royal Tribe Church Podcast. We are a church poised with the vision of enabling individuals to discover their identity in Christ through sound biblical teaching. The sermon you're about to listen to is part of a sermon series titled The Kingdom by Uche Ojuku. Colossians 1.13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Be blessed as you listen. Uh, We started a series last week, Sunday, that talked about the kingdom. And all through this month, we want to look at this kingdom. Last week, we established the fact that we are from uh, as kingdom. You know, the Bible had told us that he's taken us out of a kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. And we started looking about what is this kingdom of light? What is this kingdom that God has brought us into? What is this kingdom that, you know, we represent? We don't uh, currently live in the kingdom of light and when i say live in the kingdom of light i mean we are not currently living in heaven right god has put us in earth and he has said that we are from a kingdom that is not the kingdom of earth Um, but we are representing the kingdom the same way an ambassador can represent a country while living in a different nation that's the same way we are meant to represent the kingdom of god even while living here on earth and we looked at um who the king of the kingdom is Uh, and what he represents and how we are to approach him and the things that we are to do to um, to him as a king as you would how do you uh, acknowledge a king in a kingdom or a representative of a government or um, the president of a nation and we looked at the king in the kingdom and we said in every kingdom there are numerous other things that are involved in that kingdom And today we want to look at the currency of this kingdom that we're from because I'm sure you agree with me that in every kingdom or every nation has a currency. Every nation has a currency, every kingdom has a currency and a currency is the medium of exchange. Currency is a medium of exchange and currencies are used to either get goods, right? So you use your currency to either pay for goods or you collect currency, meaning that you maybe give out goods to also receive some form of currency. So without currency in a country, you really can't make an exchange. For example, we live in Great Britain and our currency here is is what the British pounds, amen. But if you were to take that currency and you went to a different country, for most places for you to represent that, sorry, can you turn that off for me, please? Uh, For you to actually make an exchange in that country, you would need to convert your British pounds to the currency in that country. Amen. You would need to convert your own currency If you were to travel, for example, to the United States, where the currency over there is the U.S. dollars, you would obviously need to change your British pounds to the U.S. dollars to be able to make any form of uh, exchange of commodity or goods or services. And that's the same way it is in this kingdom. If we are to be true representatives of the kingdom of God, we need to know how to... um, 
We need to know the currency that is used in this kingdom. We need to know how an exchange happens in the kingdom. How do we get stuff from the kingdom we're from and how do we give stuff as well? Because currency is both used for getting and for giving as well. We said currency is a medium of exchange. Exchange being the key word here. Exchange means you give and you receive, right? So when you say an exchange... It's not just giving. An exchange means you give something and you receive something. And the currency of the kingdom of God is faith. Amen. The currency of the kingdom of God is faith. By faith we give, by faith we receive. When we want to go into the kingdom of God to make a request or maybe we want to go into the kingdom of God to present something, how we do it or how we present that thing can only be by faith. How we receive something from that kingdom of God can only be by faith. And today we want to look at a different aspect of faith which is the currency of faith. Because in the kingdom of God, there is a currency. And if you don't have that currency... No matter how much you really want to get something, you just can't. Told a story last week of when I first came to the UK and cultures were very different. When I first got here, I actually had to transfer, do some foreign exchange, change some money that I had with me from the country I had come from to the currency of this country. Because I knew that no matter how much I what I had was, it couldn't, it was of, it was of no effect here. And so no matter what you have, it's of no effect when you are in a different kingdom. Because you need to understand the currency of that kingdom so you can effectively make exchange. So you can effectively receive goods or give goods or you can effectively um, receive something or give something. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So if faith is the currency or the exchange of the kingdom that we've established we belong to, then it means that we give by faith and we receive by faith. Amen. We give by faith and we receive by faith. And I know most times when we talk about faith, we only talk about faith in the receiving sense. But it's also important for us to know that we also give by faith. Amen. We also give by faith. We don't just receive by faith. We give by faith. We give by faith. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. It says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. I read it again. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by faith that Abel gave. 
Abel brought his offering and gave it to God by faith. It says by faith, Abraham brought the offering. So by faith, Abraham took his offering and gave. So everything we give to God in this kingdom must be done by faith. Last week, we spoke about how we respond to the king in this kingdom. Right? We spoke about how we must worship him. We spoke about how we must adore him. We spoke about how we must honor him. But every single thing of these things that we do, we must do them by faith. We must do them by faith. Because when we come to this kingdom and we want to offer something, when we come to this kingdom and we want to give something, and it is not by faith, God just doesn't recognize it. It's not as if he doesn't want to accept it or he doesn't love us enough to accept what we're bringing to him, but he just it's not a currency that he's familiar with. Amen? It's not a currency he's familiar with. If I came here right now and I started sharing, I don't know, a thousand pounds, how many people would be willing to happily take it? Amen. If you took it, except you had to go find somewhere to convert it to a currency you can use, there's nothing you can do with it. It's just going to stay in your wallet. It's just going to be of no use. Amen. So when we go to God to offer things without faith, it's just not, it's not the currency of that kingdom. So it's, it's not like he doesn't love us. It's just, he's not, he can't do anything with it. But when we come with faith, it is willfully accepted. Because that's the currency of the kingdom. And before going into how we receive, I want us to talk a bit more about how we give by faith. Because we've established that faith is a currency and currencies are used for exchange. And exchange means you give and you receive, right? Exchange is a two-way thing. And so if faith is the currency whereby we give and we receive, then we must understand how we give by faith and also how we receive by faith in this kingdom. And there's one important thing that I want us to understand when it comes to giving by faith is that our heart's posture is most likely the most important thing when it comes to giving by faith. And when I say giving, in as much as it will include financial giving to God, it is way more than that. It's way more than that. It's unfortunate that so many people think about when they talk about giving to God, their minds are only wrapped about financial giving. But honestly speaking, if you never give financially to God, it's not going to change anything about Him or His work. If the small hundred thousand you are earning in a year, you decide, I'm not going to give to God's work. God's work will still continue. So it's a lot, giving to God is a lot more than that. It's a lot more than financial giving. Is that inclusive, but it's also our heart posture. It's what we give to him in our time, how we give him our treasures, how we honor him, how we give him our worship as well. 
And we must do that by faith. That's why the Bible was saying that those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What does in spirit mean? Because when you go to the place of, in the spirit, when you dwell in a place in the spirit, you only get there by faith. Because it's not like you're disappearing from here and appearing in the spirit. Amen. When you're worshipping God and the Bible says that you must worship Him in spirit. It means that in your heart, the Bible says, which we're going to get to when we start talking about how to receive from God. The Bible says that if you come to God, you must first accept that He exists. You must first believe that He exists. That's the whole foundation of faith, believing that God exists. So you take yourself in a spirit place where in your heart you're so certain that yes, God exists. God lives in this place. I honor God because I acknowledge, and I acknowledge him because I know he lives in this place. And so therefore I'm right here right now offering what I can, which is my worship to him. I'm offering what I can, which I'm offering myself and my body, which is my living sacrifice to him. And we do that setting our hearts right. Because if you don't set your heart right, you can never give by faith. We don't adjust our heart posture. We can never give by faith. When you're worshipping God, what is your heart posture like? When you're spending time with God, what is your heart posture like? When we are giving him our time, for example, you know, it's not just about studying the word so we could tick off a checkbox in the morning that, yes, I've read, you know, I'm reading three verses a day and, you know, I'm very sleepy, but let me just read it. And then after two minutes, we're done and you can't even remember what you read and you just go about your day and you say, yes, oh, I read it. Did you really give him your heart while you were giving him your time? What was your heart's posture like when you were giving him your time? What was your heart's posture like when you were giving him your worship? What was your heart's posture like when you were sowing into his kingdom? And if we don't adjust the heart posture, every single thing we think that we give to God, everything we give, or we think we give, your service to him, you know, your time that you spend with him. It's good that we do this and get this right. It must be done from a heart. You must adjust our heart posture to effectively do it. How then do we receive? By faith. Spoken about giving and how much we must give by faith because it's a currency. And how then do we receive by faith? The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 verse 3, it said that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. It was counted unto him as righteousness. It was counted unto him as righteousness. His belief in God was counted unto him as righteousness. We know the famous scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, which says, Faith 
is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. The ultimate assurance and certainty we need in our hearts is faith in the very existence of God. We receive by, we receive by faith in having an ultimate assurance in our hearts in the very existence of the Almighty God. We must have ultimate assurance. And the key word here is ultimate assurance. Faith is having ultimate assurance in your heart, in the very existence of the Almighty God. That's the basis of what faith is. That's why the Bible says that anyone who comes to God must believe, must first believe that he exists. Must believe that he exists. Meaning that you come to God and you acknowledge that yes, God exists in this place. Before you can receive anything from him. We're talking about receiving now. You can't receive something in the kingdom if you don't believe in the king of that kingdom. If you don't believe that the king in that kingdom exists, how could you receive anything from him? So the basis is having the ultimate assurance in your heart that God, the ultimate God, exists. And then we can come to him in that assurance. How do we come to that faith in God? How do we come to that faith in God? How to, do we come to that ultimate assurance that this almighty God exists? I mean, we live in a world where it's not like we can see him. It's not like we can just walk or drive to a place where this almighty God lives. And so we just step inside there and then we see him and then we tell him everything that's going on. And, you know, we say bye to him and then we go about our day and then come back later, visit him um, and all that kind of stuff. There isn't any of that physical. So how then can we come to that faith in God? Amen. Firstly, we must see him in the created universe. We see him in the created universe. We see him in the created universe. The heavens, the Bible says in Psalm 19 verse 1. Psalms chapter 19 verse 1, it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hand. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Glory to God. A scripture that I absolutely love is Romans chapter 1 verse 20. And this is one that completely changed my perspective of God many years ago. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. This is what it says. It says, forever since the world was created, glory to God, forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. It says, through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible principles, his eternal power and nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. He said they have no excuse for not knowing God. They have no excuse for not knowing God. 
said, ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth. They've seen the sky. They've seen reasons why God exists. You go up there and you see the rainbow. You go up there and you see the sky. You check this psychologically and scientifically. And honestly speaking, it proves that there has to have been a creator who created all of this. There has to have been a creator who lives outside of the creation to have been able to create these things. And God is saying that they have no excuse because they had the possibility to see everything he had created. So we see God in our world and that's what gives us the ultimate assurance that he's alive. That's what gives us the ultimate assurance that he exists. That's what gives us the ultimate assurance that truly this God, this king of or this kingdom that we're from truly lives. And dwelling in that ultimate assurance is how we receive by faith. Dwelling the ultimate assurance that yes, God lives. Dwelling the ultimate assurance that I've got a God who is for me. How do I know? Because I come out every day and I see the skies that he's made. Glory to God. I come out every day and I see the weather that he's made. There's no place on earth where they prepare sky. And in the morning they go and put it up. Or is there any place like that? There's no place on, there's no lab on the, in the earth where they prepare the moon for the day. And they say, this one will go out by 6, but it has to be back here by 11, else it's not going to work after that. It doesn't exist. Or they say, oh, today we would have 100,000 skies, um, 100,000 stars. We're going to produce more, but we don't have funding. You know, these things, we need to, we're a foundation. So we need to be careful with our funding. So we produce 100,000 today. Then I think by, by next month, we should get more funding. So maybe we'll be able to do 1 million per week. There's no, there's no place like that that produces skies. And so when we go and we see these things, we are, we are assured. We get the ultimate assurance of the existence of God. Glory to God. We see him, we see his miraculous signs, we see his miraculous interventions in the lives of many throughout the world. We see his miraculous interventions in our lives, we see his miraculous interventions in the lives of others, we see his miraculous interventions in the lives of people we've seen in scriptures. That's the God that we serve. That's what gives us assurance of his existence and when we dwell on that assurance, we can receive from him. You see, most of the times you would struggle to receive because of the ultimate assurance really doesn't exist. You're not sure if God really wants you to do well. You're not sure if really there's a God who, you know, is there that really is just rooting out for you. You're not sure that there is a God. That ultimate assurance is not certain. The ultimate assurance is not there. And so receiving is then a struggle because you must have that ultimate assurance in his existence. By faith, we begin to understand that this God whom we have believed, we begin to get a clearer picture of what an awesome God we serve. We begin to get a clearer picture of what an awesome God we serve. Amen. Secondly, how do we come into that faith, to that faith in God. How do we come to that faith in God? Anyone who comes to God must believe that he rewards his people. Anyone who comes to God must believe that he rewards his people. Must believe that he rewards his people. 
God is not a slave driver. Bible says he rewards those who diligently seek him. God is not a slave driver. You see, someone once told me, I don't really serve so much in church because, you know, I have to have more passion for my career because obviously I'm paid for it. But in church, I'm not paid for it. So that's why I am not really into it. To have a mentality that God does not reward those who serve him is to not really understand the way God works. Because God is not a slave driver. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed beg bread. The righteous is never forsaken. His seed never begs bread. The righteous always protected. Do the righteous fall into trouble and challenges? Yes, a thousand times yes. Are the righteous preserved from troubles in this world? No, a thousand times no. We would all have trouble. We would all have challenges. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What is he going to give? A peace that passes on understanding. What is he going to give? A joy that that, that just bursts from your inside. But he rewards in ways that are unimaginable, ways that are unexplainable, and ways that are unpredictable. That's the God that we serve. He is a God that always rewards the ones who diligently seek him and serve him. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7 from verse 7, which we know the scripture, he said, Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you would find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and he who knocks the door will be opened. What verse that I love is where he then says, Which of you, if his son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Which of you, if, if his son asks for a bread, will give him stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? Can you imagine? Your son asks for fish. I mean, as disrespectful as the children of God were, right? That's really, really, I read the story of Moses and the children of Israel in the desert. And as disrespectful and rude as they were, Honestly speaking, God still supplied for them at every single point. Now, imagine being diligent to God and not being as ungrateful as the children of Israel. And they complained that they were eating too much meat. As angry as God was, he supplied. When they were complaining that there was no water, as angry as God was, he supplied. Every single time they complained, they complained, but God still showed up and supplied for them. God was not happy with a number of the things they were doing. But what did God do? He showed up for them. Why? Because they were his children. As a child of God, God supplies for you. Don't ever think that it's because of what you do that makes God love you. That makes God love you. No. You know, sometimes we could be put into a mentality that, oh, you know, it's because 
I didn't pray this morning that this thing has happened to me. That's a lie. I said, oh, I haven't read my Bible in two days. You know, the anger of the Lord has them. You know, somebody had uh, an accident one day. Someone hit his car. And he said, oh, God really left me. It's because I didn't pray two days. What, what do you mean? Do you mean, how do you think God works? God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. Glory to God. God doesn't work that way. His righteousness and his love supersede every single thing that we could ever imagine or every single thing that we could ever dream of. So it's not what you did that merely made God love you. So therefore you can't then do or do something or undo what you did and then God would then be like, yeah, you know what? I don't love you anymore. But God always rewards those who seek him. I was reading Matthew chapter 7. Let's finish up uh, the verse, verse 10 and 11. It says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more will your father in heaven give gifts good gifts to those who ask him. How much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? Glory to God. Quickly, number three, how do we come to that faith in God? Anyone who comes to God must believe in his, must believe that he rewards every single one and he seeks that he seeks for every single person to seek him. His desire is for every single person to seek him. And he speaks about active faith. You see, seeking God is active faith. It's like a man who persistently was knocking in the middle of the night in Luke chapter 5. Or like the woman who was persistently pleading her case to the judge in Luke chapter 18. Seeking him not just for answers, but also seeking him to know him, to be in his presence continually. Seeking him not just because you want to receive something from him, but seeking him because you really want to know him. Seeking him because you really want to receive from him. Seeking him because he's the one who's there, who supplies for you, and you just want to know this king that we serve. And that's how you receive from him. Because God, imagine if you had two friends. You see, I love God because I genuinely think that a number of things he has put in our lives and the relationship he has put in our lives, we could really relate and use our intelligence to relate that imagine if you had two friends and one was just always concerned about you all the time you know asked how you were doing asked about your work knew actually what job you did asked about your career things about your life asked about you know your finances Asked pretty much about everything in your life. And you had another friend who only came to you when they needed stuff. They only came to you when they just needed something. Every time their phone rings is, I need help. 
Your phone rings again. I need financial help. Especially financial help is the one everybody wants from. Amen. Every time your phone rings, there's a challenge or there's an issue. If you had, for example, spare cash and you wanted to bless one of them, and you just thought, let me just bless somebody who's been good to me in my life. Which one of them would you bless? Someone said, I'll bless myself. I assume you bless, you will bless the one who's really been a good friend to you. You bless the one who's really concerned about you. You bless the one who's really been just concerned and loving to your life. You see, when we seek to know God just because we want to have an intimate relationship with Him, when we seek to know God just because we want to build our relationship with Him, listen, God begins to do things for us and with us that are beyond our imagination. Sometimes we don't even need to ask. It gets to a point that you don't even need to ask for stuff. God just does it for you. Why? Because He knows your innermost desires. He knows that, oh, this one loves me and she's always here, just wanting to worship me, wanting to be there for me, just wanting to just adore me, just wanting to honor me. So therefore, I see there's a challenge in her life. So I'm just going to sort it out. I'm just going to bless her because she's always here just giving me praise. She's always here just honoring me. She's always here just exalting my holy name. So I'm just going to bless her. And so we must have that in mind because you see that part of the Bible that says in Matthew 6 verse 33 which says seek ye the kingdom of God, right? And everything will be added which everybody likes to quote, right? Seek God first and everything will be added unto you. And so many people then seek God so everything else will be added to them which is the wrong way to take it. You don't seek God so everything else will be added to you. You seek God to know him and then everything else will be added to you. So you're not thinking, oh, I've been seeking God this month. I can't see anything that's happened in my life. God, what's going on? You're waiting for him. You're like, okay, God, I did one day. Do one day too. We seek him because we want to know him. And then we get everything else. We are so absent about everything else in our lives because we just want to focus on him. So he sorts out everything else. That's what the scripture means. Glory to God. He sorts out everything else. Does it mean we won't go through challenges? Does it mean we won't go through um, troubles and challenges? No, a thousand times no. That's never the case. But even against challenges and circumstances, we must build resilient faith. We must build a resilient faith. We must build a resilient faith towards it. Glory to God. As I begin to round up, I just want us to understand that the currency that we have in this kingdom is a currency that works It's a currency that works. God is always looking for people who will trust him, who will dare to believe in him. You see, I realize that most times as Christians, and I'm actually done right now, but most times as Christians, we like playing it safe. Realize that maybe as we get older, 
we have more responsibilities that then have to make us play it safe, right? You go to school when you were a child, you didn't really care much. You didn't have bills. You didn't have uh, a spouse or a partner. You didn't have children. You know, you could literally, you had pretty much no care in the world. And then we get older and then we now have bills. We now have responsibility. You know, you, know, you now get married. You get children. You know, you've got student loan to pay off. And then we start playing it safe because we want to preserve the things that we have. But this currency of faith says you don't have to play it safe with the faith. And I think we ought to get to a point where we can start being a bit more daring for God. That's my challenge to you today. Be a bit more daring for God. Be a bit more daring for God. Dare to believe God. Dare to go out there and win souls. Dare to be the one who says, look, I believe God can change this situation. Dare to be the one who speaks positively about a situation. Dare to be the one who speaks faith into a situation. Dare to be the one who is the encourager. Dare to be the one who is the one who is always filled with praises. Dare to be the one who is, who is always going to say that, look, I know my God is going to show up here. Dare to be that person. Dare to be that person. Go with God. Dare to be that person. You see, I'm just going to share this story and I'm going to be done. I've been praying to God that I wanted to share Jesus with my manager at work. And I didn't know how to do it. So I'd always been praying to God to, whenever the opportunity comes, you know, God just tell me, you know, I just want to share Jesus with somebody at work. Because, you know, nobody wants to be the one to start evangelizing somebody at work and then maybe their beliefs are very extreme and then they now start taking extreme measures. <laughs> Amen. Nobody wants to be that person. Hallelujah. So I'm like, God, you know, just tell me when I should do this because, you know. <laughs> and then we're having a one-to-one one day and over Zoom, of course, and we're talking and I asked him, I said, oh, how are you doing? How's New York? How's the, um, how's the environment there? How's the COVID situation in the city? And, um, he says, oh, you know, he really doesn't know because he's not been able to go out. Amen. Because he's got a massive back pain. And as soon as he said he's got a massive back pain, the Holy Spirit just said it so clearly. He said, this is your opportunity. You've got to do it now. And he kept talking, but I really could not hear anything else he was saying. The Holy Spirit said, this is it. You've got to do it now. Now is the opportunity. Without even thinking, I'm pretty sure if I had thought about it, I most likely would not have done this. Without thinking, I said, you know, I go to church on weekends and we pray at church. But I know that prayer is not only left for church. Prayer can also be used outside of church. And I can pray for you now regarding your back pain. He was so dumbstruck. He was looking at me like, what, what did you just say? I said, I can pray for you regarding that back pain. And I believe that God is going to touch you. You see, we need to raise our spirit to a point where we are daring to go and pray for people. Where we are daring to go and tell people Jesus loves you. Where we are not so worried about what they are going to say or how it's going to make us feel or what exactly we are going to look like when we are done. We ought to be daring for God. Because the currency, the kingdom we live in is called faith. That's how we give and that's how we receive. 
Bible said, the Bible said that without faith it's impossible to please God. Why did the Bible say that? Because God is looking for people that he would be proud of. God is looking for people that when the circumstance looks completely dead, these people will stand up and they'll say, I believe my God can do it. That when they reach a circumstance or when they're in an environment of people that do not believe in God, these people will stand up and they'll say, I believe in my Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who saves me and he's the one who can save you. And what happens when God sits in heaven? He smiles, he's excited and he says, I'm pleased with him. I'm pleased with her. That's how faith works with God. That's why the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please God. Because if you don't have that faith, how can God be proud of you? God wants people who are daring. It pleases Him. He excites Him. Go with God. He's laughing. He's, he's rejoicing. He's jumping up in heaven. He, he tells the angels, He said, look at my daughter. Do you see what she just did? She just executed faith. That's what I love. I'm excited. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Let me challenge you this week. Do something daring for God something daring for God this week don't just sit in your comfort zone and just let everything just work out the way don't let work be BAU for you don't let it just be business as usual choose that this week I want to do something for God this week I'm going to use the currency of faith that I have I've got a currency of faith and I'm willing to use it I'm willing to use it and I speak to people I'm willing to use it as I go about my community in my neighborhood in my colleagues I'm going to use that spirit of faith come on someone shout glory to God hallelujah challenge yourself this week and the Lord will reward you because he's the one who rewards those who diligently seek him amen hallelujah I hope you've been blessed today perhaps if you're watching and you don't know this God that we're talking about we spoke that the first thing you ought to do in this first thing in the school of faith is having the ultimate assurance of the existence of God you must have ultimate assurance in the existence of God of the almighty God and maybe you, you've been listening to me and there's something in your spirit that tells you that you want to know this God you want him to come into your life and you want to be part of this kingdom because the Bible told us he took us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light and so you now want to know this God and be drafted and be put taken out of darkness and be put into this kingdom that we're talking about you want to give your life to Jesus Christ I just want you to say this prayer after me wherever you're watching from inside here outside sitting in your living room wherever you are just put your hand on your chest and I want you to say this prayer after me we spoke about heart posture so I need you to say this prayer from the bottom of your heart say Lord Jesus I come before you today as a sinner in need of a savior I ask that you forgive me my sins come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior for I believe in my heart that you died for me and on the third day you rose again and I confess with my mouth 
that Jesus is Lord. I welcome you into my life, Lord. Holy Spirit, direct me. Lead me in the path that pleases the Lord God Almighty. All to the glory of the Lord God Almighty. In Jesus' precious name. If you've just said that prayer, massive congratulations to you. And welcome to the kingdom of God. The Bible says that there's a house party in heaven. Well, not really a house party. We can call it a heaven party, you know. You can call it a kingdom party that goes on when you say that salvation prayer. But it doesn't stop there. Because the journey just begins now. And the truth about the matter is you can't do that journey alone. You need people who will be there for you. People who will encourage you. People who will share their stories of the challenges they've gone through. And you can share your challenges as well. And so we are growing together as a community. We're going to, we're growing together as citizens of this kingdom. So you'll see an email address on the screen shortly. It's contact at royaltribechurch.org. Just send an email and say, I sent the salvation prayer. And you can come into this community and we can help you. And you can share your stories that can help us as well. Because we are still, we are also growing. Glory to God. You want to be part of that community? Just send an email to that email address. And God's name will be glorified in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Royal Tribe Church Podcast. If you'd like to share how you've been blessed, you can get in touch with us by sending an email to contact at royaltribechurch.org or if you'd like to know more about us, you can visit our website at royaltribechurch.org. Remember to follow us on social media. That's Royal Tribe Church on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks again for joining us.